thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. This is Jay Bliss, and I am joined uh, by, I don't know if I can even describe it properly, a, a comedic beast. Um, if you know comedy, man, you know this brother. Um, and just recently, I think the nation has gotten to see who this dude is, but I still don't think they've seen enough. But uh, I'm um, proud to have uh, Ali Sadiq on with me today, man. What's going on, brother? Oh, man, nothing, man. Appreciate you having me, brother. What's good with you? Good morning. Man, man we just living this life, man, with this uh, with this virus, and we got to deal with it. But uh, I will say I I, uh, I follow you on social media, and um, I will tell you that your IG Live is probably one of the most unexpected things. Like, you never know what you're going to get when I see you go live, but it's real every time. Like, it could be you cooking. It could be you with your kids. It could be you praying. It could be... It could be anything, but like if you tune in, it could be you exercising. It could be anything, but when you tune in, you like look this this dude. It, you're not trying to put on no front. You ain't trying to. You ain't trying to be nice for the camera. It's just you, and that's what it's gonna be. You know what I mean? Hey man, that's you know the same way my comedy is. Man, I gotta be. You know, some people get on on these things and they become characters, and right. you know they they um or they stand up. Is an act is some sort of character, some sort of act, man. Um, in the words of them old men that I be seeing at the old folks' home, man, you can't be phony baloney. You know, I know it sounds it sound corny, <laughs> but it it is is right. You can't be phony baloney, man. Right. I I uh, recently saw a post you put up. I just was looking on your page this morning, and I saw you and your son went deep sea fishing, and yeah. that, that took me back. I mean back i don't need where were you guys at on that um we was in the middle of the gulf you okay. know um you know i live in houston so we was in the middle of the gulf you know um <laughs> fishing man it, it was crazy because he nine and he he caught the first shark and that's dope because like when i saw it i was like oh and it took me back because i got a one of the memories i got of my grandfather was me and my brother and my cousins, we all went deep sea fishing. We got up like we went, drove down early in the morning, got up five in the morning, and, and went to Wildwood and took a, a four-hour boat out on on the um, out of the Atlantic Ocean and went deep sea fishing to go get some flounder. And I've been fishing before. I've been freshwater fishing, but I never went deep sea fishing. Mm-hmm. So we get out there, man, and we don't see no land. This is further out I've ever been in the ocean. I'm nervous as hell. I can swim, but I'm still nervous, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, all right, they stopped the boat, and everybody on the boat, man, everybody dropping their line. And I take my line, and I cast that bad boy. And everybody looked at me like, my grandfather smacked me in the back of the head and said, man, drop the line. What are you doing? I was like, yeah. I, was, I was trying to get deep. He's like, we deeper we going to get. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you, you trying to get out there. You know, <laughs> man, we, we already out here. <laughs> ain't no I'm, more. Ain't, I'm casting no a line like I'm on land, right? You know what I mean? My grandfather like, boy, you about as dumb as a box of rocks, man. I was like, <laughs> I said, I don't know. Man, no you, you was doing what you knew. I you knew know? exactly what I knew. But yeah, that was, a, that was a dope experience. But to be able to see that, is always good. Uh, let's go back kind of to the beginning of uh, your comedy start, which was um, in Houston, but yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Joking Cafe. Mm-hmm. Like, give me an idea of what the environment was in that room. Um, 
Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday was normal, but I started on um, Thursday, and Thursday was the the college night, was uh, was the Apollo night, where they uh, where they booed and they was encouraged to boo. So, and if you wasn't if you wasn't good, I didn't care if you was juggling, you was dancing, whatever you was doing, if you wasn't good. You know, they would boo you. And so it's U of H, TSU, Prairie View, and um, what, let me see, what's the other college that was all merged on one on one building? Mm-hmm. It, it just all these college kids, and they was, re, they was ridiculous, man. They was, like, I, I've seen, I'm not even going to say their name, but I've seen some people who was, because Alice used to do this, like the headliners, she would bring them in on Thursday for Friday, Saturday, Sunday shows. Mm-hmm. And she would tell them, you know, just stop by the club. And some headliners would get up and get destroyed in their room. Like, because they wasn't, they wasn't about what your name was. They was about what your talent was. They didn't care nothing about your name. Like a lot of people get nowadays, a lot of people get laughs because of their name. Right. You know, oh, you 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 this person, so I'm just gonna laugh because that's who you are. But they didn't care nothing about that. It was it was a it was a a perfect storm of booze anytime you came up there. Yeah. Like it was just ridiculous, man. And yeah, that's why that's why I started I was, and I started there and then um I became the host mm-hmm. of of the night. So I was I've, and then what's crazy is I've always set my rooms up like that. My rooms have always been very critical of comics when they come. So, so it's like a, so like I had this conversation with LeVar Walker on this podcast. Then Rodney came on, went on live and discussed one of the things we were talking about, which was an urban room versus a mainstream room. And what is better for you as far as comedy? My idea about it was a lot of times people prefer the mainstream room because they don't want to fight. They don't want they don't want the, the aggressiveness of the crowd. But I told what I was explaining to Rodney and, and Lavar was, but if you don't know how to work those aggressive rooms, it's like the rucker. You can play basketball, but if you can't go to the rucker and play, it's hard to show your talent. You know, so, I I think that was my mindset early on as i as i grew in comedy i've I've pretty much understood like give you an example um i've been to atlanta oh yeah and i'm I'm, you've been to atlanta right yeah so when you go to atlanta it's the it's uptown Mm -hmm. it's the comedy theater at this point and then it is the punchline Laughing skulls. Right. I play the punchline, not because I I can't play the other rooms because I've played the other rooms, I've destroyed the other rooms, but it left a bad taste in my mouth as far as the operation of it. Right. Because you know, I I think that with so I I've, I've done Def Jam. And I've also done Comedy Central. 
So on Def Jam, the the spirit amongst comics are me and you on the same show. My the spirit amongst comedy is I'ma go out and I'ma destroy and make it hard for you. Right. The audience is already groomed like that. Right. And it's no it's no rooting for each other. And 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 almost like in the black comedy world, in the urban comedy world, it's like we not rooting for each other, even when we tape it. Right. So that's deep on Comedy Central. Everybody w- was motivating everybody to do their best. Right. So in, in that in that and that spirit comes from how you came up in the comedy clubs. Like and even with just joking, we wanted each other to do good because it, especially in the beginning, because Alice she would put somebody up. And if you didn't do good, it'd be another three weeks before any of the new cats get a chance to get up. They didn't put the pressure on the one dude. (laughs) So it goes back. That camaraderie and the lack of camaraderie takes away from the lineage of black quote-unquote urban comedy. Yeah, and for all the comics who may listen to this, or all the people who may listen to this, the the disease that has festered into comedy, like the rap game, I'm better than that, that, that all that nonsense, that negative. If and this is this is when I know that people are not historians in stand up because. Our predecessors used to write for each other to make sure that they was they was on point. Yeah. On point. Even when they was going when they was going on TV, they would, hey man, let's talk about what you're going to do. Because we wasn't getting the opportunity like that. So we didn't want nobody to to fumble the ball. And, and, and I've talked to Rodney Winfield, um, um, Dick Gregory. All these, all, all the older cats that were seen, they're like, nah, man, we would write for each other. Yeah. Um, Rudy Ray Moore, not Rudy Ray Moore, what's my boy? I, I've talked to Dolomite as well, but what's my dude name that was, um, I don't Talk know. That was on Comic View? Yeah, the redhead boy. Man, I, I'm thinking, I'm, the name on the tip of my tongue, he too. Only, he only drinks champagne. Yeah, I, uh, um, name is on the tip of my tongue, man. Yes, it'll come to me. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think that we've lost a step in that aspect of how we deal with each other. Yeah. And I, and I think that's due to everybody thinking that, that they good already. Yeah, uh, it, it is difficult, but you know, you get two different sides of the argument when when starting. I, I started comedy in two thousand five, but I was always told it's an individual sport. It, you know, you can't be cliquish, and you know, you got to be able to find your own lane. And, and the, the people that go out on their own are the ones that'll find more opportunities. But as I went through the process, I felt like I had more people reaching out to help me than that negativity that I seen some people run into. 
um, I, I think that people, when people say this is an individual sport, they don't get they don't give the layout properly. I think a lot of times people don't explain things in in its totality. Mm-hmm. So if if I'm if I'm giving you and, and this is who you come your toolage who you come up under. Yep, yep. So if if I'm explaining to you that it's an individual sport, you're only an individual once you hit the stage. Right. You know what I'm saying? Your individual performance. Right. But but the, the game is a team, is a team sport because even in even in the in the aspect of going to a comedy club no, nobody nobody in comedy does it on their own is what i'm trying to explain so you got you gotta you gotta have somebody that's giving you a stage you have to have somebody who's giving you an audience right so these are two these are two different team members you know what i'm saying then you have a person that opens middles and then you go right you know what i'm saying depends on what part of the team that you own right so some hosts some people that host go up as if it's an individual sport and they try to grandstand and then they try to make the show a bad show because they want you know, I was the coldest one on the show, but they didn't pay to see you. Right. Right. And they right. and they and they and they'll forget you um after it's over. Right. They 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 came to see who they came to see. So even when I was the host, I was always very gracious in me hosting, even if I came to host something now, I'm not gonna blow the doors off the place. I'm gonna be, I'm throwing all alley oops. I'm like, yo, when I, when anybody get ready to go out there, just know the t- stage is gonna be cooking for you already. Right. So, I think that it's a selfishness that has been injected into stand up amongst amongst the urban because. Th- it because that whole that same philosophy is not applied on the other side. Yeah, and I agree with that as well. I, I you know, I, I wish I I wish I knew I wish I could give an experience for every comedian to be able to work both. Like to be able to work a mainstream room and work an urban. I know some people that just do urban, but they never get the other side. Um and then when I see them get an opportunity later, they they don't do it right. Like they run the light or or they 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 don't feel in place or they don't feel comfortable talking in front of white people and stuff like that. And I'm going, you know, you you gotta you gotta be able to balance the two because I, I feel like it's it's benefits on both sides. I don't I think mean, that I don't think that if you would have caught me, you would have caught me in my younger stage, I'd have been like, yeah, you gotta do that. But I don't think you have to. You don't I think you have I, to do both? Mm-mm. Yeah. You can totally you can totally you can totally exclude the urban, the urban experience and and be great yeah yeah via 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 dave Chappelle. absolutely uh yeah dave i feel like dave uh because everybody who everybody who's good at this point all the people who lead in comedy they start in mainstream rooms wow they start in mainstream rooms because you got to think about it even the people right about now how many how many how many African American comedy clubs are there? I say, I, I say six total in the whole country. Yeah. And I'm being very generous with that. Yeah. 
because this is what the this is what the urban room lacks. This is for the comedy club owners. This is for the this is for the promoters. What 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 they lack is upward momentum, momentum, upward mobility. Let me say that upward mobility. That's what they lack. So you can you can stay in an urban room, right? You can do an urban room. Is the industry coming to see you in the urban room? Nah. Are, are the urban rooms or the urban clubs connected to mainstream opportunities? No. Do they do they do they do they facilitate? Do they facilitate the what you need to do, what you need to have to grow as a comedian comedian in the industry? So it's like you you just you just using me in your room and then I, I'm getting no benefit from the industry side of it. I may I may be I may be a, a ultimate talent. But I'm not getting enough diversity and I'm not getting enough opportunity. You would never, you I, I don't think I've ever been in the black room that held a that held a showcase for industry, yeah. For industry. Yeah. Oh, comedy comedy central is doing a a um a competition. They're they're filling they they're funneling some people from our club. So people and people are gonna say, well, there ain't enough of them. No, it's one it's one club in Austin. That's a, that's a small club in Austin. That's a powerhouse in this business. That that's an ultimate powerhouse. One club. Yeah. You can play you can play that one club and you can end up in Montreal. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because of the affiliations that the that the, it's like it's like the urban promoters and the urban which I hate saying urban that mean in a city yeah, um, yeah. the the African American promoters and African American club owners don't associate associate with the industry like they need to in order to even facilitate keep their club going you do you feel like do you feel like the Montreal was your turning point or did it turn before then? I turned way before Montreal. Way before then, yeah. yeah. Now I, I had a I had Sidney Castillo on here last week, um, and, and you, your name was brought up, uh, which kind of reminded me like I got to make sure I get Ali on here, and he told me you were one of the first people to put him up on stage, like to be like, all right, yo, you getting some time, and I think that's that's necessary because there's a lot of cats. That always got that dude that get them stage time when they starting out. For me, it was Chris Funny Man Robinson in Charlotte. And he was the one that any, any week I came up there, I don't care if I was just coming by, he go, hey, you want to come, you want to go up? You know, he would give me time every time. And I think that was beneficial. And in Houston, it, it's becoming a hotbed. Like, y'all got cats popping. Like, it was it, it, it reminds me of when Chicago. Like back when Chicago had all these people popping at one time, in you know, a while back, everybody was coming out. Correction, we've been a high bid. Well, what I'm saying is, as far as nationally, for people to start recognizing all these people that are coming out, I know, I know people first, from Houston. Yeah, who the first? Who the first, who the first African American woman to have her own sitcom? Marsha Winfield. No sir. Who was it? Thea Vidal. I mean, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wrong person. Yeah, Thea Fidel. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah. Thea Fidel out of Houston. Yeah. Ralphie May out of Houston. Mm -hmm. Sam Kennison out of Houston. Um, Bill Hicks out of Houston. Um, 
if you go back to Cedric Entertainer presents Juan Villarreal out of Houston, um, Billy D. Washington out of Houston. Um, um, let me let me see who. Um, what's my man? What's my man name? Um, um, the writer and producer for a lot of Steve Harvey, a lot of Steve Harvey stuff. Um, God, dog, name right on my right on my tongue. He, but he out of Houston. Steve Harvey had his had his best. Rushon McDonald, Rushon McDonald out of Houston. Um, David Raybon out of Houston. Let's see who I'm talking. About, I can name if if you listen to the if you listen to the radio in the morning in the morning for the last for the last I'm gonna say ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you listen to the Steve Harvey Money Show. Who on there? Kier Jr. Spates out of Houston. T- nephew Tommy. Thomas Miles out of Houston. Dez White out of Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> with that, that was the thing that we had been cooking. Mark, if you listen to the gospel, Yolanda Adams Morning Show. Marcus D. Wiley out of Houston. Um, then it, we we had been cooking for a while. We were just overlooked. Because yeah. of LA and in New York, right? But if, if people go back, um, bro, man, bro, man from the fifth floor, Reginald Ballot, yeah, Reginald Ballot, Houston, yeah. Um, and, and what's crazy is we we on both sides, mm-hmm. uh, on both sides of the on both sides of the coin. First, first black on first three, I think it was the first three black owned comedy clubs. Was out of Houston. Out of Houston, yeah. It was saying so. We've been, we've been here. Like when, when, when most of the cats that's busy now, when they was working, they was working out of Just Joking Comedy Cafe. Right. Out of, out of Houston. Like even if you go, even if you talk about promoters, L.A. Um, you go to L.A. Improv, Spike Davis. I mean, Spike, Spike is out of Houston. Ah. Uh-huh. It was saying so. Yeah. We've been. We've been cooking for a long, like it's a, and and I know this because we just did a history lesson about stand up out of Houston, right? And it's on both sides of the coin, both sides of the coin, and it was stuff that I had forgotten that Thea was reminding me of, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, man, I forgot all about that. And with, I think some people think we a new thing. I'm like, man, we go, we go back, we go back to to the to the '60s. Yeah, I, and it, see, I think it's, I think it's new for, I think it's new for us. We must be late to the party, you know what I mean? Because by you explaining all of that, I'm I'm sitting there thinking like, damn, you know that I didn't know <laughs> that. Like you, you naming the people I knew when when you start naming like you know. You know, nephew Tommy and Kier and and Des White and that that's who I know. Like that's who I know. And Marcus D. Wiley, Marcus D. Wiley, my God, that dude is too funny, man. Like it's just like you know, th- that's the kind of thing. And I say Houston, you know, I go, man, comedy out of control. Somebody say Chicago to me, I'm like, man, comedy out of control. You know what I mean? It's just like those are the things that that come to mind. And your style, I, I feel like. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. I don't know if you ever gotten this this comparison because it's a story. You you tell stories on stage versus the punchline type deal, um, but it's still funny nonetheless. And I don't know Cosby. 
to me. Just the yeah. calmness on stage, the I got something to say. The fact that you sit down, like I, I'm, that kind of threw me for a loop. Like the first time I worked with you, I saw you before, but the first time I worked with you was in when Albany, mm-hmm. Albany, New York. We was at the Albany uh, Funny Bone, and um, you came out and sat down, and I go, "Yo, that's that's wild!" Like, <laughs> like that's like, like it basically just put the crowd down, and it was like, not only did you sit down, you just stared at them for a minute, like, let let me calm everybody down, like just relax we, we gonna have a conversation and i think one crowd was a late crowd they was loud and you kind of told them look we grown in here i ain't gonna be over talking y'all you know what i mean <laughs> like, like like get yourself together man you got to have a good time you know what i mean and it was so funny because it was just it was just a different way of getting on stage yeah i, I thought they was being very classless when i when i when i came i'm like you drunk <laughs> you you confused on why I'm sitting down because in your mind comedy like and I don't I never understand why people are confused. I know it was 43 years before somebody sat down besides Cosby. Right. And and so when I started sitting after Cosby at 43 years of it, you know, I think people in their mind they get kind of why are you sitting down? And then I'm like Listen, man, um, you sitting down, first of all, let's get to that. <laughs> you realize that you sitting down? And, like, um, and <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I, 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 I never understand that thing. It's like, if you sitting, how you going to be upset that somebody else is sitting? It's like when somebody tell me that because I buttoned my, I've been buttoning my shirt up to the top since I was maybe seven. Because, right. of my, because of my pie, I, how you gonna tell me I'm choking because my shirt tailor fit me? It's a button up there. It's like, did did you did you think that? So the the design of the shirt say, hey, put something at the top that's gonna choke the people who wear the shirt. <laughs> if you get your size and know your neck size, a lot of people don't know their neck size. They don't. Like. The problem is why you can't button your shirt at the top because you don't know your neck size. <laughs> and, and so don't tell, like, man, I asked somebody, hey, man, do you think you know everything about you? Like, I've been with me, I mean, I'm, I'm 50 years old, I know everything. Then why you can't button, why you make that ridiculous statement about buttoning your shirt up to the top? I'm just, it just seems like you choking. When you don't know your neck size, sir. <laughs> you know, man, you about, a, you about an 18 and a half. You about an 18 and three, four. Like, you, your neck big, sir. That's why. But you got on a, but you got on a 14, 14 and a half shirt. That's why. Uh, man, that's hilarious, bro. <laughs> it's like, man, the difference between me and you, that my shirt is tailored to fit me. Right. And you probably... Uh, you 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 probably did this. You probably <laughs> this is what you did. and it had to take all the pins out. Obviously, that's the difference. It's a difference between me and you. Right. <laughs> that's that is hilarious, bro. Like I said, that that, that there the, the fact that you just said that that's a bit like that is so funny that most people don't get it. the fact that you talk about pins taking pins out of shirts. Like it's like who don't know about taking those pins out of shirts? And I used to always ask myself, whose job is this? Whose job is it to put these pins in these damn shirts? Like it's ridiculous. Because they gotta go in that, they gotta go in that package. I'm like, man, it, it, I think people, 
but but then I tell people, I say because I, I don't say that to be offensive. No, I say that to be to to reprimand in in in, in audiences that that are or people who say ridiculous things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I give a story. I say, well, you know, at some point you're not gonna know something about yourself. I I, I was in Pittsburgh, and I went to um the New Balance store mm -hmm. um, because my, my feet was hurting. And so they put you on this machine. They put you on this machine so they can fit your feet properly. And because and, they put you on the machine, you stand on the machine and it and it, re, it scans your feet. And the lady was like, you see, you see um, how your foot is supposed to look. It's supposed to be like a lot, a lot of light blues and greens and yellows, um, but this is yours. That's not. The lady said that's not. That's not yours. <laughs> this is yours. And it was a lot of red and purple spots. She was like, um, then she went and got these insoles and she put them on the machine, and I stepped on them and she said, "You see." Now this is yours. Look at, look at how your foot is all blue and green and yellow. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Y'all, y'all had these in my size. She was like, that that is your size. I was like, oh no, that's that's a that's a um that's a ten. Mm -hmm. I, wear, I wear um a nine and a half, nine nine and a half. She says, I'm talking very sarcastic. She said, well, the machine measures your foot when we put you on it that's how i went and got the tens that's why i went and got the tens <laughs> and she said you don't know what size you wear i'm like uh, apparently not <laughs> apparently apparently my foot has grown right after, after my youth right um, and she was very sarcastic and, and i tell people so i said man you don't know Everything about yourself, you think you 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 don't know that you're still developing. Now, what right. I what I am irritated about is people who buy their shoes a half size too big. Once you know your size, you buying a half size too big, as if you um got space Yeah, middle school. So you you sixty years old. You I can't stand dudes in their forties getting the extra size. Man, I need a twelve. I wear eleven now. I need a twelve. Boy, if you don't get that lemon and a half and get out of here. Exactly. And it's like, what you pressing in the front of your show for? Like, you got some room to grow. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? But that's... You put insoles. You got to be putting in... If you get a half size up, you got to be that you put insoles in your shoe. Right. So you... How many How many kids do you have, Ali? Um, Seven. Seven. And uh, I, I see some of the ones that you put on live. I know the story you told on stage about your daughter swimming. That that's a funny story itself, and uh, it brought it brought back memories for me because I was a swimmer too growing up, and it was always weird for me, um, being in a sport where it wasn't a lot of us, and it was like you know very uh, very humbling, but it was also like I I was I had an attitude by the by the third year I got in it, you know what I mean? It was like I wanted to beat every white person. <laughs> that got in the water, you know what I mean? Just just because I heard some of the stuff the parents were saying in the stands and stuff they would say after the meet was over, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that girl, twenty one now. Wow. Uh, which one of your kids would you say is more like you? 
Oh man. All of them have have qualities of me, but Hanan is probably the most. But I, and I can't even say that because Hassan mm-hmm. has. Yeah, everybody has some characteristics of me, but Hanan is probably the most that's just like me. Do you find like when you see stuff that your child is doing? Do you try you try to parent yourself? Like you try to parent you out of your kid? Like do you just like just let them do? Um I think that my my kids are different as a as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of them have a different experience than I had because mm-hmm. um I I hate the because this is this is becoming cliche now. You know, I, I didn't let me I'm gonna say I didn't grow up poor. That's Hanan. I can tell uh, by my feet. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't grow up poor mm-hmm. because because now I've seen poor. You know, you know how how you think you grew up poor. Now you may have not been, you may have not had access to everything that you wanted. Right. But you, but at the same time, you didn't go swimming in the back of a truck with a tarp in the water with water holes with water right. holes filled up. Right. So I we didn't stay in no trailer. You know what I'm saying? And with two other families. You know that? <laughs> right. You know, so, but we, we, we wasn't even in poverty. We was just, we didn't have everything that we, that we wanted as far, you know, we ate, we had a roof, you know, had a car, you know, sometimes, you know, we walk. But my children are, uh, they, they upper crust. They 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 privileged, yeah. Um, yeah. because I, I work hard to make sure that they are, that they don't have the same. Because I don't want to, I don't want my children to have that I struggled story. Right. I don't think it's. I don't think that it's necessary. I think that too many. I don't think you can teach determination and character from a place of not struggling. Yeah, because I think the, a lot of a, a lot of us growing up were mentally abused because of frustration in our parents. Mm-hmm. Like you, the 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 frustration of being in a position that you didn't plan to be in. Right. Like nobody nobody signs up to be a single parent. That's one of the that's one of the hardest jobs, whether male or female. That's right. one of the hardest jobs. And because the stability of the family is not there. Right. You know, you could be a great mother, you could be a great father, but your child is still lacking something because the fact that it wasn't designed to be that way. Right. And it be, it may cause some sort of frustration. So verbal verbal abuse sometimes will happen or just just the way that you talk to aggressive because of I like my mama didn't have time for me making mistakes. <laughs> right. 
Right. Yeah. Like, hey man, I need you to listen. Because this is and, and the crazy thing is it's not even that's not even the verbal abuse or the abusive behavior because that's the same as a coach. Mm-hmm. The coach don't I, I'm 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 gonna say this, and this is one of the most ridiculous statements and that that people say to children because i got a whole i got i got a 10 10 word 10 phrases list of things that people say that actually don't make no sense okay you know like you're going to make mistakes no you're 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 you wasn't informed of something but when we practice, oh yeah, when we practice, right, and then you, because what I'm doing in the house is practice for the world, right. You know so when we practice, what are we practicing for? If you're gonna go out there and do something that we didn't practice, right. So this right. is not a, this is not a mistake, right. This is this is that you are not doing. What you learn, you're not, you're not, um, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? You're not executing. Right. You know, because people say, oh, no, that's, that's rough. Well, you play sports, right? Yep. yep. What, what sports? You swam? What else? Yeah, I played football. Played football. Basketball. basketball. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now you got four, you got a four sport advantage. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that means you've had, multiple coaches yeah tell me any of your coaches that was okay with you making a mistake in the game <laughs> Nine, zero because we practiced yeah right and right. man who told you to twist when you did your flip turn and nobody told you to do that <laughs> i told you to put your head down and, let, and, and go into the wall and, and let your toes pop off the wall so you can go back you can get back faster yeah yeah. I told you to dribble, to dribble past half court and then set up the plane. Right. I didn't tell you I didn't tell you to fast try to try to weave through everybody to do do your own thing. Yo right. man, hey, you're a cornerback, bro. You've been a cornerback since since you was a pop warner. Why are you not reading the player's eye? When you see his eyes, why you not turning around? Tell me right. why you're not doing it. Right. So no coach. Is okay with you making mistakes, right? And a parent is a coach. Right. I'm coaching you through life, and and the reason why it's so intense on my end, and it was intense on my mother's end, because I don't want to pay for your mistakes. I don't. Because yeah. I, because we, I, I my mom, because my mama didn't have time for you doing anything outside of the direction that she gave me. Right. And you got the trust, and then sometimes parents feel like that lack of trust. Yeah. Why you don't trust me? Like what I do and now, I can tell parents some things that they did on um, selling for society's nonsense. And your kids also, but I don't think my kids, I don't I don't have a relationship with them that I don't get in fictitious things 
I don't tell them about Santa Claus or Tooth Fairy or um, Halloween. You can dress up and go to I don't say things that society says that I know that perpetuates the lie for them to, for me to, for me to give that to them and then they find out that it's not true is breaking a trust between parent and child to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, with my with my kids, I see, I see the happier times with them. I see what I was like. I get a chance to see what I was like before my mom and dad separated. That that's that's the that's the crazy thing about the parenting part of it. I got twins. Um, yeah, I know. I was a twin. So for me to be able to see them come up with the whole twin thing. I get to see it again, knowing that I lost my sister. You know what I'm saying? So I get to see that process, but also I'm harder on the one to act more like me. Cause I, I see the, I see the bullshit and I, and I'm like, I'm trying to stop her from doing that dumb shit. Like, Hey, stop aggravating your sister. I see what you're doing and you're trying to get a reaction. And when you don't get the reaction, you just go harder. And she too, she too nice to recognize what you're doing. You see what I'm saying? So it's like that thing. <laughs> see, see me, I I advocate over here fighting. <laughs> I, I, I advocate fighting over here. I'm like, look, look, don't come tell me nothing. You box it out. Y'all, y'all don't y'all don't kill each other, but what you do is you put them hands and everybody, everybody hit got hands. So look. <laughs> Now, now, Hassan, you can't put your hands on nobody because you're a boy. You just got to deal with the aggravation. That's oh, be- my good dude. That is hilarious. Between them girls, oh, I, I promote. I'm talking about if I can sell it, next time they get into a fight, I'm, I'm, I'm going live. Put it on live. I'm going live. <laughs> put the cash app up. Put some money on it. The, yeah, thing, it. the, thing, the thing that's funny, I think I have a fraternity brother of mine, he had twins. He had a boy and a girl. And he told them in school, like, look, first time somebody put their hands on you, you go over there, you tell the teacher, tell the teacher, look, they put they put their hands on me. My daddy told me, next time somebody put my hands on me, I tell the teacher, once the teacher know about it, next time they put their hands on me, I can handle myself. They, they, he told them, told the teacher that. And they said, the next time that person put their hands on you, you already told the teacher, it's throw action. So you you, <laughs> you go right for the throat. Just don't, don't ask no questions. You go for the throat so somebody come get you off of. Man, you better know it. And he's an advocating fighting. That's what I can't wait. I can't wait. In this corner, weighing <laughs> 27 pounds, <laughs> standing about two foot, about three feet high. Y'all, this I'm talking about, and she and she she nice with it. She won, she won one and one, right? <laughs> Hanan in this corner. It, she's a heavy-handed one. She only three. She only three. She heavy and is then is is Helena. Is Helena. No, Helena. Helena ain't got no losses right now. She and hey, she's she about she about one. She about she about thirty one pounds. She couple pounds heavier than a, than a bigger sister. So you got so you got the two the two little ones, the two little girls, and that's those are the ones that's running the house right now. Yes, yeah, who running the house right now? Yeah, really, just one. You, you, they, they run different capacities, right? Um, Helena runs 
the the overall situation. Like, look, this is what's gonna happen today because this is what <laughs> I'm feeling. But Hanan is the business manager of the house. Like, she she said the day to day, what we doing? All right. That, that, that little girl that is, a, is a trip. She think I work for her. That's, <laughs> that's hilarious, man. So, I mean, I know it's been rough. Um, you know, you, you used to being on the road and things like that on weekends and things like that. I know some of the dates start opening back up. Um, I don't think you're traveling far out or anything like that. You're probably sticking close to home, correct? Yeah. Um, I'm going, I'm getting ready to go to Florida uh-huh. in St. Louis. Um, you know, they, they trying to open me back up, but I, I was declining so many shows that I was, I was cool, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm gonna get Indiana back. Indiana canceled on me. I canceled on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they, then everything spiked up again with right. Houston. So I canceled again, and it, it was only based upon you know trying to keep them healthy as well as myself. Um, so you know we 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 getting we getting back to it. You yeah. know, I, I've just started doing other things. Um real estate and other other things of that nature trying to trying to keep myself keep myself together that's dope i i know when when the pandemic first hit you you did something that was i think you might have been the first one to do a live show yeah uh live and then charge money i was like this gonna be different like this if this is what comedy gonna be he already got a jump start because i couldn't figure it out like i was like i don't know how this is gonna work you know what i mean <laughs> but when you was doing the corona when you were doing the club corona yeah let me, let me tell you yeah when i when i tell you when i tell you i was looking forward to them joint and it was so funny because you was just having a good time but the setup was even funny because you had a dj yeah. Then you would come on screen and be like, "All right, come to the stage," and then and, and you would announce him and then get missing, and then that person would just be sitting there like, "Hello," and he'd be like, "Go ahead, man, this is on you." And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It ain't on me no more, fam. This on this on this on you. <laughs> and it was it was great because I mean, people really had to work on a. There's no reaction, so you know it's like telling a joke on the radio. Like you don't hear anything, so you just basically just talking, but. I, Glad you glad you said that. It that I think that people didn't understand the the benefit to it because right. it's like it's, it's just like that. It's like you doing radio mm-hmm. and the host is not giving you anything, and you trying to sell tickets and to people who don't know you or don't know you in town or whatnot, and giving people that ability to just go like. Yeah. And, and 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 talk and say things jovial from from a from a quote unquote uncomfortable spot that that you know a comfortable spot or whatever it was because wherever you was at you should have been comfortable right. but I think that people didn't understand that that was the mission mm-hmm. so everybody who did that who did the Corona Comedy Club when they get ready to do interviews or radio interviews, anytime, they gonna be crisp on it. They just be able to go. Yeah. And I stopped doing it because I've just got tired of everybody doing this. Like, as soon as I start doing it, then everybody start having their own version of it. Yeah. And, 
and it kind of watered it down. That's 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 her. That is, yep. I knew it. That them feet was heavy. Like, <laughs> that, that's this is this is chunker. Oh man! When I, when I hear heavy feet. When I hear tippy toe feet, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey boo. Hey boo. This is the this is the bullet. This is the bullet of the house. Yeah. You see, she she come on camera whenever she whenever she decides to. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's things are bad. I, I miss him that small man. How you doing, mama? How you doing? She out. Soon yeah, she going already. <laughs> I miss him that small man. I do. I really do, man. My mine now are twelve, but you know they'll they'll still try to climb on me and hug on me all day long when they see me. So you know that's that's the crazy thing. That that that's the. That's the bandit, the Broad Street. In the barbershop, she the only she the only girl to ever have a, a nickname in our barbershop. Oh, that's what's up. And she's been having she's been having a nickname since she was like first, um, she just turned three. So right when she turned two, uh, they was calling the Broad Street bully. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's up, Broad Street? And she was like, yeah, you just a bully then. Um, so you had stopped. You had stopped it because everybody else was kind of putting their own spin on it. And oh man, it, and it was and it was horrible, man. It was just like the way people was doing it was horrible. Then I was seeing people just carbon copy what I was doing, and I was like, not that I just want to be the only one, but I, man, I just want people to do it with some taste. Do it right. And, yeah. And like, man, I was I was booking some some major people. Mm -hmm. to, to do it and then when it, it's like with with no disrespect to this it's like when everybody's doing comic interviews like i'm only i'm only i only did yours and maybe two other people's right that, that requested right i didn't want to do all these and like i'd have been doing interviews every week like, because yep. everybody was doing the same thing and want to ask me the same question. This has been a more pleasurable interview because it wasn't the same questions. Well, you know, what, what, like, I, man, it, it just becomes very frustrating sometimes. So, because yeah. I was doing, I would have been doing interviews for comedians and then interviews for industry. And I was, I was, I was, I would have been fed up. Like when I did Roy Woods Jr. John. Yeah. Roy Woods was a let's break down one of your one of your jokes. That's dope. Did, did it for Comedy Central, and at the same time, he's breaking. We breaking down his. Like it's not just he breaking down mine. It was like say, okay, let's look at go back, and it was called digging in the crates. That's dope. Yeah. So. He went back and got an old joke here, and, and, and he was like, look at this outfit. I don't know what this outfit was doing. <laughs> I just don't know what this outfit was doing. And and we we talked about each other, and it was a good interview. Mm -hmm. So then I did um, Rodney Perry's, yeah. um, Rodney Perry's, what name that TV theme song? Uh, yeah, I was on there too, man. That was so fun, man. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, and and then I then I just became a, a, a irritant. 
to Rodney. I would be, I would come on, I would come on and just eat right in the middle of the game. I come on and be like, hey man, I want to talk to, I want to talk to the president, CEO, and producers of the show. I feel that it's very racist. Right. <laughs> like, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, Rodney. I lost, I lost to something that you know, you know clearly. I didn't watch. Right. You knew I, you knew I didn't watch it. And then, and and I just want to talk to the board. Who is the man? I need Rodney talk about is me. Uh, uh, it can't just be you. And then, and right. And then I, I, then I would come back on next week and play. And um. What I think one time he put me on and I had my thumb in front of the screen. I was like, this is an anonymous, this is an anonymous complaint. Like, I can I can see your I can see your name, Ali. This is not Ali. This is Joe Jackson. Rodney is like he is ignorant. <laughs> yeah, I think I got up to like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then I got it wrong. And uh, I think it was just it was just two days ago. Rodney went live from the hospital bed yeah. and it was dark on the screen. And it was late at night, it was like 12.30 at night. And he get on the screen, he's like, go live with me. I go live. He said, what up, Jay Blizz? I said, man, take your ass to bed. And he hung up, he said, you gotta go. <laughs> he just hung up on me, he hung up on me. Yeah, he, came, he came on my live. Um, I'm talking to some people, then he came on live, said, oh, oh, hold on y'all. I gotta bring um, the sick and shut in. And I gotta bring the sick and shut in again. <laughs> So Roddy came, as soon as he came on that, Sadiq, who are you call the sick and shut it? <laughs> the nigga with the tube in his nose. And and he and he told in the dark. So we talked about it, we talked about a good 15 minutes, and then it just went out. So I talked for another 10 minutes about how he wasn't supposed to be on the phone. And, <laughs> right. he, and the nurse that came in, he threw the phone in the bedpan. <laughs> That's stuff, that's some good stuff, man. I, I get entertainment, man, off IG Live. Never thought that I would get as much entertainment as I do, but you know, brothers get on, you get on there, and, and you you would uh I think Clayton English, y'all be going back oh, and forth. Y'all be watching <laughs> Um, I think that like a lot right right now, a lot of people are wondering why I haven't been on lately. But it's more of a, hey man, we kind of miss you being on live because we've noticed that everybody else's live that we be on, they not talking about nothing. Right. They're not right. like God Tory cooking show was 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 a good thing that was on live, and people, I I, I think they content of what they gonna be on live doing. Like, I, I don't think people understand with my live, it could be me with my kids, it could be me gardening, it could be me exercising, it could be me and somebody else, it could be me debating debating something, it could be a, a history lesson going through with, with another historian, it could be a, a current event, it could be, it could be generally anything, hey man, do y'all know, like I, I, I remember one day I did how to clean your how to clean your restroom <laughs> and this one lady got mad at me she's talking about you always disrespecting black women i was like what I, I don't even know what you i don't even know what you're talking about you know what she found disrespectful because i never said who couldn't do it i said a lot of people right when they clean their toilet 
they clean their toilet with the water that's in the toilet. Right. And they never put hot water in the toilet. They don't use hot chemicals. They don't use hot water. And a lot of people was like, damn, I ain't never even think about that. Like, I don't use hot water. And because in, in our house, we have these buckets that's in um in our bathroom. Mm-hmm. And you you take the hot water out the tub or the sink and you pour the hot water in the toilet and you get where it's nothing but hot water and then you scrub your toilet and clean your toilet with the hot water, the chemical and hot water. It was right. saying, and it was more pe- it was more people on there saying that they never thought about that. And I said, this is why you get instruction right. from from other people because half of y'all have never worked for a cleaning service where you was going in cleaning people's houses. Right. No, you never did. You never did that. Or half of you, none of y'all was, a lot of y'all wasn't in prison to where you had to keep your toilet clean because you use your toilet for so many functions. Right. Outside of just the toilet. Right. So I I would boil hot water. I would boil hot water to put in my toilet just to clean my toilet. My toilet was always spick and span clean because man it's so i wash my clothes in my toilet mm-hmm. and then i wash my underwear i did all my stuff every day in my room like my floor was always clean you know even like you wasn't allowed to and it wasn't like i was trying to punk anybody but it was just a rule if you was in the cell with me you wasn't allowed to stand up and use the restroom right you know because you had to sit because of the splash right like I sit down in my house now because it's a Muslim thing. You don't you don't have urine on your clothes because I say if any dude gonna tell me, man, that ain't true. I say, well, put down a, a brown paper bag and then you stand up and use the restroom and then look at the bag after that. You're gonna yeah. see a lot of splash marks, man. Right. In, right. In Islam, that's called that's called um unseen filth. It's called nudges. Mm-hmm. So you can't pray with that on your clothes. You know what I'm saying so anyway it it was um it was just a thing of how i it's another part of me that i grew up i grew up in a house where my mother was very clean mm-hmm. and and we had to clean up you know from from the time that you were small you 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 elevated as you went you was on you started on baseboards oh yeah yeah then you elevated right so in prison my cell my cell was very very clean yeah and so going me going in me going in the bathroom teaching somebody how to clean they 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 bathroom like I don't use a mop I, I get on my hands and knees and I and I wipe their floor with with the rag and I could I and I'm still using the toilet with hot water in it because I'm replenishing the hot water because I'm I'm doing the floor now with right. a different rag than I what I cleaned it with. Basically using the hot water out of the toilet as a bucket. To basically yeah. go back in and, and utilize. And see, the thing about it is anybody that would take offense to something like that, and like you just said earlier in the podcast, which is you don't know everything about yourself. And you can't know everything about everything because everybody do stuff differently. You know what I mean? So it's just like the same thing. Like uh, I think you was doing a live one time. You was doing a, a, a squash casserole. Yeah. I do my own squash casserole, and I'm looking like, wait a minute, I ain't. <laughs> he's different, like, he different than mine, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, what's that white stuff he's using? And somebody had typed it in as soon as you said it. it was some mayonnaise or some 
different type of mayonnaise. And I'm like, what is that? You know what I mean? So it was like a vegan or something. Vegan-aid. Yeah, vegan-aid. And then somebody was like, what's that white stuff? I'm like, I'm about to ask the same question. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, looking at it. But yeah. then I think you have put, um, I think you have put some crackers or something in it. Or breadcrumbs break, or something. Break, break I'm sitting there going, I ain't never. And I was like, I'm going to have to try it. <laughs> like, it's just certain things you learn. You learn from people. Because you watch, you listen, you 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 figure things out. But the hot water thing, never heard of it. But yeah. you know what? You know what I'm gonna try? Hot water in my toilet. <laughs> like, I'm gonna try it. Like, yeah, you know what like, I'm saying? Like, it, man, we we had a discussion. We had a discussion on on IG Live about hygiene. Right. And it's like people were blowing away, like the level of hygiene practices. I'm like, yo, I said, it's it's easy for me not to not to entangle myself with with a lot of women because I, I don't trust their hygiene. Mm-hmm. And so even the, the way that you You there? Yeah, hold on. Some wait a minute. Let me go back. Oh there I go. I'm like, why my why my computer just Fade it out. Okay. Um. So hygiene. That, that's why the, the the little buckets like so we have um we had on the back of the toilet we had this this sprayer uh-huh. that you spray the water in the bucket. So after you urinate, you clean yourself with water. After you defecate, you clean yourself with water to get all the bacteria and nudge out because you just use the restroom. So people like never heard of that, and then the, all the Muslim women and Muslim dudes on there talking about um, a stinger and a stingema. I'm like, yeah. So, and then you you shave your your private area and you shave up under your arm. Those those are hairs hair that you that you get you discard. Mm-hmm. And this girl like, oh, that's gay. I say, well, you keep smashing your face into some musty nigga. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "That's ignorant, man." I'm like, no, I'm just keep smashing your face right into some <laughs> bacteria-filled musty nigga thing. I think because anybody who know themselves, and especially if you're a dude, you scratch yourself, you smell your fingers, you be like, you know something? <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, I'm ripe as hell right here. Right. Well, I'm talking about you. you any, any, anybody? Anybody need something? <laughs> It is a, it is a, hey, did anybody call um George Clinton? Because there's some funk in here. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that's it's, it's funny. I, I will, I will say this. Um, I learned, I mean, I did, I did studies of, of the Muslim faith while I was in college. When I was in college, man, I grew up, I grew up in a Christian household. My mother was a minister. But when I got to college, man, I did my own research in different religions just because I wanted to know more about you know, different things. I always felt like it was more out there than just what I was taught. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I will say that the Muslim faith, from what I recognize, and I got family members that's Muslim as well, it's more of a discipline, man. The discipline in it is way more stringent um, than the Christian faith. And I know there's, 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 you know, things that are disciplined in the Christian faith, and it depends on what level you are, or where you go to church, and things like that. But I just feel like the 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 
the dedication and the and the the fact that you have a routine and you stick to those type of routines and you stick to those beliefs and things like that, I just feel like it's always more prevalent. And I appreciate the fact that you go live and you do those things on your live without explanation from times. And then times the people in the comments explaining everything that's going on. Because there's some people that be like, what are you doing? And then it'd be like, hey, it's this, it's that, it's blah, 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 blah. People are real quick that have to say nothing bad. Like, oh, I didn't know what was going on. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. some people get coming in the middle of something and, 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 and start and talking. Get, and get jumped on. Quick. 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 This boy got a... Uh, this, and, and I'm, so I'm, I'm trying to get to that. To that. Like, I got, I got a strong... I got a, probably a loyal probably 50, mm. you know, that, that, that I would say people that's, that's with me all the time. Rock with you, it, yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, it's a 25, it's a group of 25 that's, that's there, that's, that's in. Mm. But, you know, it's people, it's other 25 people that just came on to me. It's people who, who've, you know, kind of gradually grown with me. It's, it's um if you get a low base of a hundred people, mm-hmm. like a hundred people that's fans of yours, yeah, you can move a lot further with that than two thousand people that's that's in and out. So with 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 my group, it's like they gotta un- they I, I think that people don't understand the relationship that I have with some of my Instagram constituency. It's like, I know these people, like, like it's not, I don't, I don't want the, oh man, you don't have a thousand people. Well, I, well, that's not why I'm at with it. You know, right. I didn't send, I didn't send these, these people kids money for their birthday. I was just kept my birthday. Send me cash apps. I can send. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, or somebody been going through something. Like right now, it's like five girls trying to get this girl address so they can send her a bonnet because she said that she don't have a bonnet. You know, it's like it's more like having twenty five family members that want to look out for each other. Right. right. You know, and I'm talking about even when in times of what we what we indifferent. Well, you know, like we agreeable, then we're like, man, I don't agree with that. And then like, and then I don't make the statement we're gonna agree to disagree. No, we gonna we gonna come to a con we're gonna come to a factual point. Cause I you know, I believe in you got the right to your own opinion, but you ain't got the right to your own facts. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Even even if on the other end of it I'm wrong. I'm like, well, I can abandon I can abandon that ideology because it was wrong. Right. And I and I've seen I've seen that happen too, where I think you make a statement, somebody got mad, and you go, all right, I'm gonna go live tomorrow at this time, and we are gonna talk about it. And it's like it's like you, know, you guys you got to disagree with what I'm saying. Come back on, we'll discuss. And then you went back and went live, and ain't nobody get on. So it's like ain't nobody got nothing to say. So though everybody got these little comments, they are gonna make it a comment section. But when I ask you to come live and, and argue your point, you ain't got nothing to say. And I was yeah. like. That's funny. Like that's that's funny because a lot of times people are real. It's no different in the barbershop. Like I can go in the barbershop, and the barbershop is great. Like I used to love going in the barbershop before I lost all my hair, and it was I just still, like I, I still go. It made it because you 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 go for the conversation and the camaraderie, uh-huh. 
in the barbershop. Just because you lost, just because my boy, my boy bald headed, but he go right in there. Hey man, gonna do something with me. It was so, it's so, it's so great. It was. I mean, we when I started comedy, I would actually go in there and try out bits while no, I was my while haircut. I while I was while I was getting my haircut, and if I can get strangers to laugh, I knew it was a good bit. You know what I mean? And it was. That's what, that's what me and you uh, like it. That's why I started. Like everybody, yeah. everybody in Houston knows when I'm getting ready to do something, he taking it, he bringing it into the barbershop first. Yeah. Like. Anybody wanted to see me, they were like, man, go to Chisler's or go to Midtown or go to head or go to headquarters. Cause that's that's where because it, as I, I travel with my with my barbers, so they they've been in different places. I would I would go there and that's where it's gonna jump off at. Always. Always and, I mean just the arguments, the the debates, and then like people I remember one time this guy told me. <laughs> He in the barbershop, he got his kids with him. I'm in that chair, he in the chair. I'm an Eagles fan, he a, he a, a Panthers fan. And the Panthers had just beat the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. And I come in there and I'm mad with everybody giving me hell. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, good luck to y'all, da 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 And this dude get out of the chair, getting his stuff together. They brushing him off and he looking in the mirror. He like, yeah, man, God just didn't want y'all to win that game. And I said, man, don't, don't do that. He talked about, hey, he said it was God's plan for the Panthers to go to the Super Bowl. I said, you think God really give a damn about the Eagles and the Panthers, man? He go, yeah. I go, man, you got kids, man. You you got to be more responsible in the statements you make. He said, I said, don't ever say nothing dumb like that again, especially in front of your kids. Hey, everybody pulled out just start busting out laughing, man. And they, they said, man, Jay, chill, man. You you wildin'. I said, no, I'm dead ass serious, man. You can't say no ignorant statement like that in front of nobody's mm-hmm. kids. Using 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 your feelings, Jay. I was. Jay was, was, Jay, Jay was philosophical. So wait a minute, brother. Do you think God Ronnie watching? Like, yo, man. I Jay, you can say that now, barbershop, and I would listen, and I'm like, well, y'all know who I'm mad, how mad Jay is. Jay won't even make root for nobody. <laughs> Jay don't even want God rooting for nobody, man. It's like they <laughs> hot, man. Hey, man, I was in the chair, and this dude was getting his lined up. It had braids, had uh, cornrows in his hair, but he was getting it lined up, like, real tight, real sharp. And we in there talking, and one of the barbers, he always tried to get me riled up. Talk about the Sixers, man. Talk about Iverson and how he ain't going to never win no championship, and he was a selfish player and all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, go ahead, man. I ain't. I ain't messing with you, Charlie. He like, you know, you, you know, you ain't going never going nowhere. And the dude that was getting lined up said, "Man, I never liked Iverson. I never liked Iverson, man. He's selfish, man. He he a thug." I said, "Dude, where you work at?" He's like, "Downtown." I said, "Who thought of, who who told you it was cool to wear cornrows downtown to work? Like, why are you even able to do that?" And everybody in the barbershop started busting out laughing. I go, "And you don't like Iverson?" I said, "Why you got cornrows in your head right now?" And man. They would not let this dude get out that chair, man. They was they was clowning this dude. Them people <laughs> in my barbershop, they it, it's people they wouldn't get their hair cut because they knew I was coming on certain days. He's like, nah, man, come out here on another day. And dude, <laughs> like, man, why you want to why you want to switch your day, man? Ali clowned me, man. When I came and he said I was <laughs> I'll give him my cornrows uh, edged up, and that boy was just sitting there and he just turned around and said, man, y'all laugh too, man. That boy said. 
I see you getting your Janet Jackson baby hair together. <laughs> boy, <laughs> he was on the ground. I said, I said yeah, that boy getting a little Janet Jackson. Control. <laughs> man, but yeah, man. It, this has been a good interview, man. I so appreciate it, man. Dude, man, I'm glad you gave me some time today, man. And uh, hopefully, man, I can bring you back another time, man. Um, if you got three minutes, man, I do something at the end of my interviews where we go through the James Lipton questions from the Actors Guild studio. I kind of remix it a little bit, so you just quick fire the first thing to come to your head. Okay, let's do it. Uh, what's your favorite word? Constituency. This you won't see. I heard you use that before with the group that's uh, on Instagram. It, it used to be. It used to be Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a, that was the funniest word to me in the world, man. Hey, boy, you act like you're Capricorn. <laughs> and, and, and then I had, then I have a Capricorn. So like, I had it after I used to like the word so much. That's funny. Oh, uh, what's your least favorite word? P U S S Y. Okay, I got you. Um, I use a phrase called TTBS on my stage shows called, uh, I mean, it stands for that's that bullshit. means anything and everything, absolutely no control over in your life. So in your words, what's that's that bullshit to you? Oh, man. So uh, how much time we got? We got another 30 minutes? You can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, man, people remixing other people's material. Mm. That's, that's that bullshit. That's a whole nother podcast, Ali. That's a whole another podcast, brother. And 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 I will I'll be remiss if I did not mention uh rest in peace, Tyler Craig, man, one of the best yes, storytellers yes, yes. out there. Um yeah. and I'm glad I'm I'm upset we didn't get a chance to go into that further, but I don't want to hear any of his material remixed since he's gone. They they gonna they gonna do it just like they did with Patrice O'Neill, Big, Big Daddy Fritz. Um it, it, it's and another thing that that's that bullshit is people people thinking that they great they think like they actually great within within the time frame of the first 20 years like it's not yeah. people think that they great like they amongst the greats because they've done one or two things like the great the people who are amongst the legends that's right now are still working. Right. So what make you think that you great? Right. You know, and you 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 give you boxing yourself in when you think that you great at the five, six, seven, that you ain't you ain't even at the 10 year mark and you think that you you great. Right. It, it's a lot of things that bother me on, on, on the new new landscape of how people big themselves up. Right. Right. Like, Man, I, I, I'm I'm all for having confidence, but have it in a in a, in a real spectrum. In the right context, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I got you. I, um, man. what what is that? What what is the shit to you? Oh man, the interaction, connecting with a crowd, man. Yeah, is is especially when you in the groove of doing what you actually do. That's that shit is amazing, man. Yeah. It's, it's that that's that's comedy heroin. Right, right. You, know, you in, when you in the groove, and then you make a bunch of money doing it. Yeah. 
And if I had to introduce you to the world, no one knew who you were as a person. What's your walk on music? Oh, Marvin Gaye. Let's uh I got to get off. Oh man. Yeah, that's it. And if you was leaving this life and uh you was done doing what you had to do on this life on this in this life, what's your walk off music? Man, I don't even think I have a walk off music. I wanna I wanna die on stage. Oh telling a joke. <laughs> telling, telling a story. Yeah. So um I think the last thing I wanna be able to be saying is thank y'all good night. Thank y'all good night. Um if there was any other occupation that you could do other than yeah, your but if it if it had to be a song, yeah. It would it would it would be Diana Ross, I'm coming. Okay. Biggie did the remix to it. Yeah, yeah. If 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 you had to pick any other uh, occupation other than your own, what would it be? Um, chef. A chef. Yeah. All right. That squash casserole would be the first one on the on the list there. I guess. Man, I, man it, I think. Man, I, I can cook. A, I cook so much stuff, man. Like last night, I I did. I grilled some sheep head. Um. Cause I caught a sheephead uh, fish at when we was out. Cause today I'm a I'm a grill some shark. Uh-huh. I, I pan fried some um sheephead with just which crazy is I just I didn't want a lot of salt on it, so I just used Mrs. Dash, and then I used this Greek this Greek seasoning. Yeah, and I olive oiled it, and I put a, a little teaspoon of butter in the pan to get it hot pan fried on both sides and right when I was getting ready I flipped it over twice right when I was getting ready to bring it out I just sliced an orange I just squeezed oh. orange on it yeah. man it, it was so it was so good man it was it was insane yeah I didn't I didn't I didn't caught on to the instant pot man and maybe I can make I can make a pot of greens in 15 to 20 minutes man I ain't messing with that Hey, I'm gonna tell you, I, I didn't believe it at first either. But once I made that first batch, brother, I was like, I'm keeping some greens in the house. <laughs> like, like, man, <laughs> I, man, it just seemed like it seemed like I, I, I think that it's probably good. But I think, like with me, it's like the process of everything. Yeah, chopping, yeah. chopping the onions, right? Sautéing it and, and sautéing my greens, and then putting in my my um my jalapeno juice and then yeah. my my balsamic vinaigrette and then putting the um the um vegetable stock in there letting it then let it I think it's processed to me. Yeah, got you. You making me hungry, man. I'm I'm a I'm a jump off this bad boy. But yo, man, hey, appreciate the time, man. Um, I'll let you know when this goes up and I'll tag you on all the uh, promotion for it, man. But uh, appreciate the time, man. I'm gonna try to get you back on here soon. Come here, nah. Let me show Hold you. On. All right. Come here, girl. Hey, lady. How you doing? This the one that's when I you asked me what who just like me. Yeah. Why you doing, man? She got your eyes though. Her facial expressions. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> man, I miss that. I miss that age, man. I'm trying to tell you, bro. My mind don't do that no more. They we they we look at the videos of them being that small now. And they laugh all day long. Man, I gotta keep a small one, man. They, they just they just give you so much energy, man. 
All right, my brother. I hey, man, appreciate you. the time, though. All right, Jake. All right, take it easy.